All right, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about simply, if you stress less, you weigh less. It is that simple. And so what I'm saying here is that if you're really serious about losing weight, you need to make managing your stress a prime component of that. It's that simple, uh, which a lot of times the diets are bringing the opposite direction, right? Think about the last time you started a diet. Most likely you started it when you were depleted mentally, emotionally, physically, and then you start on day one trying to cut 50, 60% of your calories out. Maybe you're also trying to work out on top of that. Uh, you're trying to make better food choices. <laughs> and it's a recipe for stress. And that's probably what you've experienced when you've tried to lose weight in the past. And at this point, um, you have a double whammy of stress because you feel stress when you think about the weight and your situation. And then you think about dieting, which is probably the only way you think about losing weight. And you think that's going to be stressful. Right, So we're just stacking stress upon stress upon stress. In addition to you probably don't have a lot of stress management techniques that you're using in your life. And last time I looked, life's stressful. <laughs> so we just have so much stress going on. And in that situation to intentionally and actively and consistently make healthy food choices is extremely difficult. It, it's near impossible. Has it worked so far? You know, so... I don't want to sound negative, but we got to look at what's going on and with fresh eyes so that you can see it's not so much that you don't have the willpower to make the right choices. It's most likely that your stress is zapping your willpower so that you don't have the ability to make the right choices. And as you begin to focus on your stress management and reducing it and feeling more relaxed, as you make that a central component of your weight loss, you're going to find that it becomes much, much easier because there are so many benefits to reducing your stress and being more relaxed when you want to lose weight. And um, we'll talk about the negatives of when you are stressed, two big things are going on. And I want you to think about this bigger than just you being stressed. I want you to think about this as a systematic effect that's having on you physically and mentally. So when you are stressed, what's happening is you're activating your sympathetic nervous system, your fight, flight, or freeze response. And this nervous system is designed in nature for you to temporarily access this state so that you can fight, flight, or freeze. And so it's a temporary state, and what happens is the blood goes from your brain out to your muscles so you can fight, flight, or freeze. But it's not a state where you're meant to be reflecting and thinking logically, uh, intentionally. It's a state where you're meant to be impulsive and reactionary. Okay, That's the state of it. So when you get into that state and then all of a sudden you are in front of a cheesecake or ice cream, you're very impulsive. That's the nature of being in a sympathetic nervous system, your fight, flight, or freeze response. And at this point in nature or in the world, we don't have to be chased by a lion to activate this. We can have this activated when we're driving to work, when we're in traffic, when we're waiting in line at the supermarket. I mean, literally in the modern world, there are so many things that are not life-threatening that are activating our fight or flight response system. And so this is why you need to make stress management a central part of your weight loss approach because it's keeping you in a state where you're diminished. Let me rephrase it just so you can think about it a little bit differently. When your fight, flight, or freeze response is activated, you're compromised. In a similar way as if you've ever drank too much alcohol, you're not the same version of you, right? You're a different version. And when you've drank too much alcohol, you're not thinking the same, your inhibitions are lowered, you're more impulsive, and you're probably gonna eat more, you know, if the food's around. 
So you want to think about that stress state. It's very similar. You're not the same person. Okay. So you can't just think you just get that, have this non-physical willpower that you can just tap into at will that has nothing to do with the state you're in because your willpower absolutely has to do with the state that you're in and, and where your nervous system's at. So in addition to feeling so impulsive and really kind of like wanting to eat a lot of food, the other thing about being stressed is that, again, the brain, the blood goes from your brain down to your body. So you're not thinking as clearly. So in addition to having increased cravings and impulses to eat the wrong foods, you have less ability to use your executive functioning to guide yourself in the direction you want to go in. You have less awareness about the long-term goals that you have. So again, this state is almost impossible to manage your weight in. And the sooner you recognize this, the better, because then you can begin to take your relaxation and your stress management seriously. And once you do, all the opposite effects happen. Taking five minutes a day to relax yourself and activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite one. It's your rest and digest one, your pause and plan system. As soon as you start practicing that, you relieve stress and begin to activate your parasympathetic nervous system and you develop your ability to be more relaxed. Now, once you're more relaxed, you tend to have less unhealthy cravings, less hunger, more balanced emotions and moods, and an ability to think more clearly, focusing on your goals so that you can eat and be aware of what your long-term goals are. And that helps you make better food choices and decisions, okay? So what do you need to do? What, what, what's kind of the simple steps? A lot of times when people want to take stress reduction, that becomes another stress, right? This is one more thing I got to do. Um, stress reduction can be as simple as one minute in the morning of just calming down, relaxing, meditating for a minute, just taking a moment where you lie down and just relax your body. It can be simple, simple, simple. Don't make it a stressful thing on top of where you're already at. Let it be something that's really, really easy and simple um, for you to do. And it does not take much. That's the main thing I want to express to you here is that a few moments of quieting down, of turning your attention inwards and just relaxing, a few moments, like literally a minute, is so powerful and impactful, right? I, I can't over-describe this because it pulls you out of that stress state, first of all, and it allows you to start working on what it feels like to relax and let go. And what you're going to find if you do this consistently, that, that is the key. You need to have consistency over intensity when it comes to relaxation. And once you start doing this somewhat consistently, you're going to notice that you feel much different, okay? Because I'm promising you that stress is the foundational piece that's driving a lot of the overeating behavior, a lot of the binge eating, a lot of the choosing the wrong foods. And as you relax and center yourself, you naturally begin to increase your willpower and your ability to choose the right foods, all right? So the less you stress, the less you're going to weigh, okay? It's that simple. And so make this a central part of your thing and start small, start slow. It doesn't have to be something crazy. It doesn't have to be an hour meditation. It doesn't have to be, you know, go and get a massage. Those things are great. So if you could do those, go for it. Um, but it's as simple as putting into your day. And again, it's kind of analyzing your day to be most strategic with it. If you're working and you have that two o'clock, you know, kind of crash, that could be a perfect time to say, I'm going to take a few minutes to relax there. I'm going to walk outside, sit on a bench and just relax for a second. It'd be that simple. And when you're strategic with it, not only are you relaxing, but it can be a nice break state from a time where you're typically stressed. So the more you focus on relaxation, I think the better you're going to find, the easier it is to help yourself, um, you know, eat the right foods and get the weight loss goals that you're looking to achieve. All right. 
Um, so yeah, if anyone has questions, feel free to ask them. Um, so it says, so anticipate what scenario will occur. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a very important part, right? Anticipation, your brain is a prediction machine, right? That's what your brain is designed to do, to predict the future. Because the better we can predict the future, the more prepared we can be for it. So it's a survival thing, right? We evolved to have this. And so, yeah, when we start anticipating whatever scenario is going to come, a lot of times what we're doing is we're doing that on autopilot. And so if we, you know, went to, let's just say the last time we went to the supermarket, there was a long line and it took forever to get through it and we got really frustrated. Well, what happens is now when we go to the supermarket, on some level, we're probably anticipating that, okay? Especially as a somewhat a normal occurrence. And so as we start to look at our lives and notice where is the most stressful times, where are those situations, you can start to focus on those first. And you can begin asking the question, how can I feel more relaxed in those scenarios? How can I calm down? And you can work on it. You know, relaxation is a skill, 100%. You may feel like you're a tense person who's anxious, but I promise you, if you work on it, it's a skill set. Just like if you, you could think you're a weak person, but if you start going to the gym all the time and lifting weights, you become stronger. No question about it. And relaxation is the exact same thing, which is why I say, you know, it's really about make it simple in the beginning. You know, you don't want to overwhelm yourself with stress reduction techniques, right? Which people that are stressed tend to do, right? Because that's kind of how they think about things and approach things. Um, so as we kind of calm ourselves down, we really do connect to our more creative um, and, you know, uh, what's the word? Solution-oriented thinking, you know, our more growth-oriented mindsets, you know, things where we start to, start to see the potential and the opportunities for success, you know, as opposed to that. Um, are there any foods that can help lower cortisol levels? Yeah, I, I would say, I'm just gonna assume that any natural food is probably gonna help you, you know, as long as it's not poisonous natural food. But yeah, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans probably all help you lower your cortisol levels. Uh, there's lots of things that can go into stress, you know, and one of the things that can stress you out is the food you're putting in your body. So if you're eating a lot of processed foods, uh, if you're eating a lot of flour and sugar, it's spiking your glucose levels and high glucose levels lead to high insulin levels and high glucose levels and high insulin levels both cause inflammation. And so when we're eating processed foods, we're creating systemic inflammation in our body and that all creates stress and increases cortisol levels. So there's a lot of subtle ways that cortisol levels are increased. And so, you know, here's the thing with the cortisol too. It's like we can get, we can dive into specific, you know, hormones and, and chemicals in our bodies but I think it's also important to take a step back and see the, the picture, the bigger picture of what's going on. And so as we consume more natural foods that we've lived on, you know, for millions of years, you know, your body's going to res respond better, right? We have a diet. We have foods around us now. Um, we have foods around us now that are completely unnatural. I, I mean, we know this, right? But we don't, we've almost been normalized to it, right? We've been habituated to eating a diet that's completely unnatural. Yeah, I, I get to, I always ask this question, you know, if I dropped you in the woods right now and I say, go spike your glucose levels, you wouldn't be able to do it. You couldn't spike your glucose levels in nature, you know, unless you found a, um, a beehive, you know what I mean? Like you couldn't do it. You could not do it. <laughs> you know, it's nothing you could do. And so now we live in the modern world. You could spike your glucose levels seven, eight times a day, every day, every month, every year, you know what I mean? Like constantly. And a lot of people are doing that. And so yeah, you're spiking your glucose. Yeah, you're spiking your insulin levels. But again, we want to take a step back and realize it's a systemic overwhelm. 
consistently. That's a consistent systemic overwhelm, you know, that a lot of people are putting on their bodies. And so it leads to all sorts of systemic problems, type two diabetes, you know, cardiovascular issues, metabolic disorders, you know, but it's affecting the system, you know? Um, again, the last thing in the world you'd ever do is put sugar into your gas tank of your car, right? Because it would ruin the system, ruin the engine system. And you're very, I would never do that. But the, this, the sugars, and again, the sugar, I mean, it's sugar, refined sugar or flour, which acts very much like sugar within your body, you know, in terms of spiking glucose, um, because they're powders that are absorbed so fast. It's unnatural. You, could, you couldn't even make sugar. If I gave you a sugar cane and I said, here, make refined sugar, you ain't making refined sugar. You know, you don't have the equipment to do that, the knowledge to do that. It's not a natural thing. People tend to think that sugar is just like tapped out of the sugar cane and out it comes. It's not. It's extremely, extremely refined. Same with flour, you know, which is why it's a powder. And so we get we get the illusion like we're eating a cookie. It feels like a solid, firm thing. A bagel feels like a chewy, firm thing, but it's really just powder. And so we put it in our bodies. It turns into powder, spikes the blood sugar, you know. Um, do you have any tips to try cutting out sugar? I enjoy sugar too much. Yeah, yeah, I have two two suggestions for that. Um, the first is, I think it's a mindset piece, you know, where, you know, how did I, I was, I was talking about that this conversation with a client, that, that so much of why I eat the way I eat is really mindset-based, you know. I've changed the way that I think about foods. You know, we were having a specific conversation about, like a lot of people, you don't realize how the foods, processed foods are made now. You know, you have this intuition that, you know, it's chefs slaving away in a kitchen coming up with the best recipe, when in reality, it's chemists in a lab, you know, that are breaking down what makes food addictive to the smallest level that you can't even imagine. And uh, I, I use for one example, Frito-Lay has a machine. It's a $40,000 machine that chews potato chips to find the perfect pounds per square inch, you know? And that's just one tiny example of all the factors they're using to make their food as addictive as possible, you know? And so a big part of what leads you to eat different is changing. It's not even, it's, it's changing, but it's changing how you think about the food by seeing what it actually is. We live in a world where we're constantly getting bullshitted by the ads. I mean, we, we have all seen millions, millions of commercials for food. Every one of those commercials is a mini hypnosis session. I'm telling you this as a master hypnotist. Every commercial is a mini hypnosis session aimed at your subconscious mind. It's not rationally trying to convince you to do it. It's influencing you subconsciously. And so the way we even think about sugar at this point is we think of it in a very benign way. We think of it as, you know, it brings us memories of childhood and candies and fun and being young and playful and all this stuff. We don't think of it as, you know, we don't think of it as spiking our, our glucose, spiking our fructose levels, overwhelming our liver, overwhelming our body with all this sugar this inflammatory response that we have to it. Um, we don't think about the addictive nature of sugar and what, it, how, I'm, I'm right in the middle of it because I started eating more sugar during uh, Easter. And um, it's, I've been a little, little, little tired more than normal. And all of a sudden I'm you know, back in it and I've been eating like you know, chocolate eggs and there's all this candy around and I'm eating more of it, you know, over the last couple of days. And it's why, right? I know, I know all this stuff. So I'm gonna get to the second part of how to reduce the sugar in a second. But um, the first part is understanding it. So it's an addictive substance, you know, very much like cocaine. Sugar is the closest thing food-wise to cocaine. 
Whereas like, if you look at it, the similarities are, you know, if you chew on a coca leaf, people chew on coca leaves for thousands of years. They're not getting addicted like, like coke addictions. Um, they're chewing it because it's way less concentrated. You know, so they're getting a little buzz and they're going about their day. Why is cocaine so addictive? And why is smoking crack even more addictive? Because it's concentrated down. You know what I mean? Like down to a powdered form so that when you snort it, it goes into your blood really fast. When you smoke it, it goes into your blood even faster, okay? And so sugar is processed down to a powder, so it's absorbed into your body very quickly. That's what that's one of the key factors of addiction is how quickly you take it and how quickly you get the uh, the response from it. And the closer that is, the more addictive it is. This is why they used to put ammonia in cigarettes. Well, why they put ammonia in cigarettes is to thin the blood out so you absorb the nicotine faster. Okay, so it's all about addiction, and um, that's what sugar is doing. So when you start to reframe sugar uh, instead of it being this benign fun, enjoyable thing, and you start looking at it like alcohol. And that's how I look at sugar. I look at sugar like alcohol. I still drink alcohol, but I'm very moderate with it, and I'm very respectful of it, right? Because I've gotten in trouble with, with alcohol before. Gotten in trouble with sugar. You know, when I was growing up, I thought it was normal. I used to go to the dentist two, three cavities every single time. You know, I haven't had a cavity in 20 years now, you know, 30 years. And so we just get habituated to live with the effects of this. And again, you don't know, I was gonna, I was thinking this today, like there's, um. Not not long ago, this is when Trump was president. They, when he went in, they had already started this thing where they're going to have in, um, enhanced food labeling, you know, on the sides. And one of the things they were going to add was added sugars, and you'll see that now on the food labels, added sugars. And so, the added sugars um, are what what extra sugar they're putting in, you know, in addition to whatever was coming with it naturally. And so you should see the sugar industries. They fought against that, right? Obviously. And, um, you know, again, it's just like the cigarette companies, well, I guess what I'm saying, just in, in shortness, is that um, the sugar companies are just like the cigarette companies. They know their product is harmful to you and they don't care. And so this is the beginning steps of reframing how you think about sugar, you know, so you really truly see it for what it is. That's the first step. And the second step, I think, is obvious. The less sugar you eat, the less cravings you're going to have, you know, but to some degree. And I, again, I'm not talking black and white because I eat sugar. I would give sugar to my kids. But to some degree, it's like if someone said to me, how do I how do I manage my cocaine cravings? Well, you know, you might want to get the cocaine out of your body you know, and out of your life. So anyways, um, that, that would be what I'd say. You know, start reframing sugar. Go watch a documentary on it. Learn what it's actually doing to you. That's going to help you a lot. And the second step is to start reducing it systematically um, to reduce the, the um, cravings for it. Um, beneficial wildflowers to consume. I don't know, but... I've been thinking a lot, a lot about that, like natural, um, uh, na natural foods, like eating, eating wild foods. You know, that, that's something I really want to look into this year, um, but I, I couldn't answer that. Is pure honey actually processed sugars? The reason I ask is a gastric bypass patient. It gives me dumping syndrome. Um, I couldn't answer that question either. I, I don't know. I, I eat raw honey, and so I always assumed it's not, but, but my assumption, you know what they say, right? Never assume makes an ass out of you and me. I have found over the years that the more I assume anything about food, I am usually wrong and <laughs> I have to really look at it. I mean, it's been 30 years journey of my intuitions being totally wrong about foods and relearning or learning for the first time what's actually going on. So I, I don't want to be say something ignorant here. I, I don't know enough about honey to answer that, but I it's something actually I've been meaning to look at because I've been eating some honey lately, you know, and uh, again, it's raw honey. But what's that even mean? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like the words, we're, we're tricked a lot. 
I'm on a 1400 calorie deficit. I eat mostly somewhat healthy, but I reward myself with sugars and carbs, but within my deficit. Okay. Um, a 1400 calorie deficit. That's a, that's a big deficit, no? You know? Um, reward myself with sugars and carbs. Yeah, I was just reading. I mean, that, that's a licensing effect, you know? Um, and, and that's, you know, it's just something to be aware of at least, you know, that when we do something, you know, good, virtuous, um, we tend to then do something not virtuous. <laughs> so if we go to the gym, um, there's a good chance, you know, you're gonna be like, oh, I burned, you know, 800 calories. And then you're gonna go, oh, I can have, you know, th this thing here for 400 calories. When in reality, you burned 400 calories and the thing you ate was 800 calories. So be careful of that. And it's the same thing, like when we go into a deficit, like intermittent fasting, I was just, just thinking about this. I'd be careful of that. Where you're like, oh, I haven't eaten 16 hours. So now, you know, you've gotta be careful of that. Um, you know, that licensing effect that once we do something that we consider to be good, we tend to get less you know, uh, vigilant about what we do after that and literally can miss it, miss it, you know, literally. So be careful of that, watch out for that. But yeah, if you're in your deficit, you know, again, I'll look at the, you know, how does it feel? Um, you know, how are you feeling? If you're starving and, and you're struggling, you don't feel good, you know, that, that's what I like to look as well. You know, don't just look at the weight loss, um, but look at the experience of it. Um, I've tried everything, including gastric bypass, and still not losing weight. Wow. Even the gastric bypass, huh? Are you eating a lot less? You know, or, or have you... Because, I mean, I, I've worked with plenty of people that have gotten... And I, I think this is important for everyone to know, that um, even the surgeries don't guarantee weight loss, you know? They usually lead to weight loss in the short term, though. Have you? Are you saying that you got gastric bypass and didn't lose weight in the short term, even? Because that, that's kind of unusual. Um, I've worked with a lot of people that have lost weight and then put it back on because, you know, as you know, it, it shrinks the stomach and how much food you can eat at a time, which usually lowers the calories you're consuming in a day. But if people don't deal with the mindset piece, they end up just eating all day long. And, and so they eat a little bit all day long, you know, and so it's just to overcome that. So uh, let, let me know, though, because I mean, if you if you reduce the calories for that long and didn't lose any weight, that that's a might be a different story. Um, but like I said, the mindset piece is is important. It's always the mindset piece, folks, right? That's, that's the thing dictating your weight more than anything is your mindset. Um, because again, as this person just said, the, the gastric bypass, um, the injections, you know, uh, the, you know, all the diets, obviously, they, they rarely deal with the mindset piece. And uh, so, you know, if you don't deal with mindset, you can overcome any physical obstacle in your way of eating, you know? Um, but once you get the mindset piece done, you know, you don't need all that stuff. You know, that, that's what I'm always, you know, teaching in my programs and all my trainings. I don't crave it if I take it in moderation. Yeah, I think that's true. I think, you know, if we moderate things, uh, you know, we can deal with the cravings a lot better. You know? Are sugar substitutes any better than sugar itself? Uh, you know, I guess in the sense that there's less calories, right? So, so, again, I like to think about things not so black and white, but more like on a spectrum, right? So I do this with like diet soda, for example. Um, you know, is a, is a sugar substitute better than a regular soda? I mean, I guess calorie-wise it is, right? There's, there's less calories in it, um, but it's, it's not the best thing because the sugar substitutes, it's still sweetness. You know, if we're constantly eating sugar substitutes, we're calibrating our tongue for unnaturally sweet flavors so that when you eat natural, healthy foods, relatively compared to the sweetness, they taste very bland and boring and unappealing. And so, you know, you want to be thinking about calibrating your tongue to natural flavors. And so that's a big reason why I, I wouldn't eat sugar substitutes for that reason. And I don't eat much sugar, 
stressful for a lot of reasons, but that's one of the big ones. When I start eating sugar, I'm doing it right now. I'm eating more sugar than I normally do. And um, this week I haven't eaten my salads. You know what I mean? Like, like I just, they, they aren't as appealing to me, you know? So this is like, again, with, with weight loss, you got to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. That way you can be more strategic. Um, because if you just kind of hop in and just say, okay, I'm just going to eat less food. No, you're not. You know, that's what you've experienced. You know, you want to eat less food. You want to lose weight, but you can't get yourself to do it, you know? And again, there's always three things. There's your mindset, lifestyle, and the way you're eating um, are controlling that. And you need to become strategic with it. You're, you're not strategic. The diets are always tactical. They're just telling you what to do. Stop eating carbs. Stop eating 15 hours a day. Stop eating fat. Stop, you know what I mean? It's always like the one thing they're saying stop doing. And that's not enough. It's tactical. You need strategic thinking, big strategic thinking in order to master your weight. Right. And, and that's the real key to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, are sub sugar substitutes better or not? I, I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like I, guess, I guess they are in, in one sense, but in another sense, I don't like them. Um, should we be concerned with calorie deficits slowing our metabolism or will we just later on? I think it depends how much of a calorie deficit you're putting yourself into. Uh, again, I don't know. This is my point of view. I mean, this makes me crazy, but let's just say your average calorie consumptions right here. And so your weight's up here. What most people do is they drop their calorie, they make their calorie deficit real big because they want to lose weight real quick. And then they try and get back up to maintenance, right? But to me, it's like, why not just drop down to maintenance? Like, why do this this drop? You know, it's wicked hard and it's very difficult to maintain this, you know? So I'm all about making it as simple as possible. And I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, it depends how much you're trying to cut, but yeah, you start cutting the calories a lot. Yeah, you're signaling to your body and brain that you're in a starvation mode. You know, and there's all sorts of effects from that, by the way. It's not just metabolic. It's literally psychological. It's literally genetic. You know, like they did the Dutch famine study and it literally where there was a famine, the next generation showed genetic markers of being obese because literally being in a famine changed their genetics. OK, now you're not changing your core genetics, but you're changing your epigenetics. Those are genetics. There's genetics you're born with. And then there's genetics you express throughout your life based on your lifestyle and your environment that you live in. And so when you're starving yourself, it's not just a metabolic thing. It's literally epigenetic. It's psychological. You get yourself obsessed with food. You know, um, it makes it harder to not eat so much when you're all of a sudden back around it. It's, it's just what's the point anyways? You know what I mean? Again, I don't understand the idea of drastically cutting things temporarily. You know, because that means you're going to have temporary weight loss. And I always ask, you know, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? You know, so in my program, we start with maintenance. Where do you want to be? You know, and, and how can, because, and just back it up one more step. Most people are obsessed with losing weight. I would suggest that instead of being focused on losing weight, you get focused on getting back to your goal weight and living the rest of your life there on near autopilot. Okay. Because that's your real goal. And there's a, it's a completely different goal. Subconsciously, when you're, you most likely, if you're watching this, you think like a dieter and, um, Part of diet thinking is that it's temporary. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight, you know? And so you think of it as a temporary thing, which causes you to choose more extreme plans um, that are unsustainable. And you're just thinking short term. And that is why, you know, you get short term results, if any at all. And that gets less and less as you get older because you know it's short term results. You know it's hard. And it gets harder and harder if you get started on a plan, you know, because you don't want to lose weight. You've lost weight. Is, is, are you happy that you lost weight in the past? No, <laughs> right? So it's like at some point you got to redefine your goal. And I know the goal you want more is to get to your goal weight, live the rest of your life there. And so you you start the process with that being the goal. Not that I just want to lose weight. And, you're, and it takes a lot because you're so conditioned. Again, millions of diet ads you've seen in your life. 
and they're all about how fast can you lose the weight in the shortest amount of time. And that's how you think about weight loss, I promise you. You can't even separate weight loss from dieting at this point, you know? And that, that's what's keeping you trapped more than anything else. Your mindset is impacting your weight more than your genetics, your hormones, your metabolism, your metabolic disorder, your type 2 diabetes, your Hashimoto's, all of it. Your mindset's more important than all of it on, on your weight, all right? Um, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. So yes, it had not lost weight at all. Calories way down. Could it be cortisol? Oh, wow. That Okay, so you got the surgery. You cut the calories way down. For how long, if you're still on here? How, how long did you cut the calories down for? Where are you at? Are you still there? You know, still cutting them down? That is um, that's very interesting. Um, could it be cortisol? It, it could be a part of it. Um, well, whoop. well, sugarless foods are carcinogenic, right? And they still spike your blood sugar. Um, are they carcinogenic? I don't know. You know, I, I will tell you about like that that type of thing. It's like, uh, you know, when they found out if it's a carcinogenic, they fed they fed the mice or the rats, whatever, like tons and tons and tons of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like an unusually large amount. So is it carcinogenic? I don't know. You know, potentially, you know, and then there's a, who else knows what else it does to your body. Again, if you start looking at your body as a system, you know, a, a comp, most people think of their weight like it's a bank account, credits and debits, right? You need to start thinking about your weight like it's a stock market. It, it's a much more, the more holistic you make your approach, the better results you're going to get. No question about it. And so I, I don't want to put artificial anything in my body. I really, I'm very, very clean in terms of, it's, it's almost always natural foods. I really don't eat much processed food at all. And um, a big reason is that because you don't know what this stuff's doing to your body. They're finding that with high fructose corn syrup. You know, there you go. You had that in your diet for 50 years. And now it's, oh, you know what? It might be dangerous, you know? So it's like they're always, you know, after the fact saying, oh, whoops, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just, I'd rather stick to the natural stuff myself. But um, yeah. How do you change your mindset? I don't even know where to start. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, first place I would suggest is go to my bio, click that link, and get that hypnosis session I'm giving you, okay? Listen to that, because that's going to start, that's going to give you an experience of what it feels like to change your mindset, because you're right, you don't know where to start. Um, learning to be a thin person is, is it's not that it's hard, but to learn it on your own is really hard. It's, it's like, like learning how to be a thin person on your own, to be honest. I'm just being honest with you. I, I don't want to bullshit you here. Um, learning to be a thin person is kind of like learning a another language on your own, or learning to play the piano on your own. You know, yeah, it's hard. You know, so it does make sense to have someone show you how to do it. That's what I did. I learned neurolinguistic programming, which is really the science of modeling. And I found people that lost weight and kept it off. And I began speaking to them and interviewing them. What did they do? Not just what they did. Oh, what are you eating and exercising? It wasn't just that. It was really like, how do you think about things? You know, what are your values? What are your beliefs? What do you, you know, how do you approach this stuff? How do you think about it? That's the difference. You know, that's how I was able to drop 50 pounds and keep it off for 30 years, you know, by changing the mindset. So how do you change your mindset? That's a big question, um, but well, here, like for example, the first thing I would suggest again is shifting your goal. Stop saying you just want to lose weight. You know, dieters say that like a mantra. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. You know, and it makes you so desperate. You'll do anything. You know, and if you look over your weight loss experiences, they're probably all very desperate attempts. You know what I mean? Like like with things that weren't sustainable. Why aren't you still doing it? You know, and it's because it wasn't built for a long time. It was built for a short time for you to lose weight as quick as possible. And as long as you're fixated on just losing weight as quick as possible, you'll be stuck. You'll stay stuck, you know? So the first step in changing your mindset is really orient yourself. Yeah, I don't just want to lose weight. I want to get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there on your autopilot. That creates a completely different future um, perception. 
you think of the future much differently. You start to envision yourself at your goal weight. You see yourself getting older at your goal weight, you know? And so it's a much longer term goal that, that shifts your mindset. It's a completely different mindset, you know? So that's the first step. Go get my training. Uh, so get that, that hypnosis session. And then as soon as you get it, it takes a couple minutes to send it to you. There's a training that's right there. I bring you right as soon as you sign in, there's a training, three steps to master your weight. It's about a half hour. That I would absolutely watch that because I talk about the mindset and I talk about a whole system you can use. Get free training, okay? I talk about my program at the end, you know, so if, if you're interested in that, you can see that, but it's a free training. You should watch it if you have any interest at all, if you're, if you're even remotely serious about your weight, which you're probably not. No offense, you know, but most people don't really want to lose weight. They just wish they'd lose weight. Um, sugarless as in sugar substitute. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I've lost weight so many times. I want to keep it off and stop dieting. Yeah, okay, Jessica, there you go. That's the first step, you know? It really is the first step because if you reflect back, what it usually happens, usually, most of the time when someone starts a diet, it's triggered by some spontaneous pain-based event of stepping on the scale, seeing a picture of yourself, seeing your reflection, going to the doctor, someone say something shitty to you, clothes not fitting, right? And you get so upset. You say, that's it, I gotta, I gotta lose this weight. And then you pick whatever, you know, right now it's intermittent fasting or it might be keto, but it's, then it was low fat, Mediterranean, blues, whatever it may be. You're just like, I gotta do this. And you just jump into it. There's no strategy, there's no real plan. You just do it, you follow it for a little while, lose a little bit of weight, you can't maintain it, you go back to normal, and then just keep repeating the cycle. You know, so yeah, so as soon as you set the goal to, I want to live at my goal weight. I want to master my weight. That's what I, my, my program, I always say my program's the number one weight mastery program. Now again, I'm cheating a little because it's probably the only weight mastery program. But, um, you know, my program is a complete, it, it's so comprehensive. You know, it makes, it makes these other programs look stupid. And they are because your problem is that you don't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, you got to recognize that too. The problem is you don't know what you shouldn't eat. You know, if you were a robot and you could just type in what you're gonna, what you should eat all day, and then you just did it, you'd have no problem losing weight. The problem is, you know what you want to eat, and then two o'clock rolls around, and you feel like, hmm, I feel like I need something sweet, and then you start freaking out, and you're like, I gotta have something, and then you just eat it. I'll start the next Monday, you know. So again, it's all the mindset thing. You, you gotta get your mindset um, locked down. Um, Dab family, yes, three to four months. Have you talked to a doctor? I mean, that definitely sounds very strange. To, to have a gastric bypass and not lose any weight for three to four months. I mean, you must be at a, a, a 50 to 75% calorie reduction, right? That, that, that is just, yeah, that's very strange. Um, I'm, I'm in a diet without carbs and sugar. I have a week without losing weight. Stress is causing this. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm in a diet. You see what I mean? Like, like again, it, it's just, you can even see it in the phrasing. It's just temporary, right? You're gonna do this to lose some weight. And people do that, again, I mean, you're so conditional with the weight loss. You know what I mean? Which is just, I mean, there's so many psychological levels why you're not getting the results you want. But a big part of it, you're so conditional. And so I see this all the time. I've seen this, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years professionally. Uh, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. And it's, it's a normal thing, like like people are like, well, okay, I'll, I'll cut the sugar and the carbs out, but I better start losing weight. And you're weighing yourself like every day, you're praying yourself the week. And if you're not losing weight within a couple days or a week, you, you know what I mean? Like your, your motivation is gone. You know, and so you never give yourself the time. And so, yeah, stress is part of it as well. Um, but again, I mean, you're, you're never going to be able to figure it out because you're not in it for the long term. You just keep trying things. You know, I always say like, you know, like when you run a lap, I don't know if you ever did this in high school, like where you run the lap and it takes four laps to run a mile. It's like with a diet, it's like you're running the first quarter of the lap <laughs> and, and it's like then you're getting tired and then you're, you're quitting and then you're starting. The, you just keep running that same first quarter of the lap with your diets. You never even get into it. So you can never really 
find the right solution. In my program, there's weight mastery blueprints, right? Mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprints that you create based on yourself, okay? But you have to know yourself. You have to understand who you are. You've never done this. You're always like, oh, just what, what's the plan, right? So someone who's never met you, you've never met them, they give you a weight loss plan, how you're supposed to eat. You know what I mean? Like, and you just, you're just going to try and follow it. You know, it, it makes no sense. You know, so what makes sense is to dedicate yourself to really mastering your weight, to figuring, to understanding yourself, understanding what your goal is and strategically working on making that a reality for yourself. And it's going to take more than a week, more than a couple of months, you know, because again, how long do you want to live at your goal weight? You've got a goal that you want to live at your goal weight forever and your strategies are, are half-assed, short-term winging it. You know, you know, it's like get rich schemes, right? We all joke about how they don't work, but all the diets and your weight loss approaches are, are lose weight quick schemes that don't work, but you keep trying them, you know? So at some point, you know, you got to change up what you're doing. Um, five, five, I'm 196 now, started 250. Great job, great job. But stalled and I want to be at 160. Okay, well, how long have you been at 196 for? What's the stall? What's the stall for you? Um... Yeah, Zuli Birdie says, because you're not in a deficit. Yeah, and that's probably true. Again, it, that, that's a common thing. We, we, so we cut out the sugar, we cut out the carbs. And we, again, that's that licensing effect I was talking about. So we're like, okay, I'm doing it right. But then you might be overeating calories. You know, absolutely. So that, that person potentially is not wrong. But it could also be cortisol and stress too. It could also be that, that weight comes off in an unpredictable way sometimes. You know, there's no weight loss calculator that's exact. You know what I mean? Like, like it's general. You're... you're that's what makes weight loss difficult. And especially if you're just looking at the short term, you're like as good as done because weight loss is unpredictable. You, you can't, like you could, they've done studies. They've had people in lab, like, 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 you know, it's a lab. It doesn't look like a lab, but they have people come in these labs and they are literally measuring out to the, to the, 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 whatever, to the calorie, how much consume what they're consuming. And they're giving people the same thing. They're creating the same deficits and people lose weight at different rates. Right. So that's why there, there can't be a, cal a calorie weight loss calculator that's accurate because there's way too many factors. So you can get a general idea where you should be at, but it's unpredictable. And so if your main goal, and I know this sounds strange, but um, if, if the only thing you care about is weight loss, again, your chances of success are, are really low, you know, because it's not enough motivation, A, and um, your weight loss is unpredictable. So as soon as you have a week where you stall a little bit or you put a little bit of weight on or you don't lose as much as you thought you should have, your whole motivation disappears. You know, you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. You need to make this a process that's more than just weight loss. I, I, I can't stress this enough. You know, the fact that you just want to lose weight and you're so obsessed with the weight loss is, is the thing that's keeping you stuck more than anything else. You know, you need to make this a process of becoming the best version of yourself. So it's not just about the weight loss, you know. And so let me frame it one other way. Really what you want to do, and this is really speaks to the diet mentality, is with a diet, you're so focused and fixated on the outcome. You just want to lose weight and you don't give a shit how you do it. I get people on, oh, what do you think about water fasting? Well, I think it's stupid. And so all these stupid ways to lose weight that we all know are temporary, but I, I don't know, I just want to lose weight for a little bit. No, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Once I lose the weight, then I'll figure it out. No, you won't. You haven't. And you won't. <laughs> so anyways, but people are so obsessed with the outcome. That's all they care about with weight loss. And in my program, we're obsessed with the process, right? And let me give you an example. What would you take if I said, I'll give you $10,000 right now, or I'll give you a machine that'll print up all the money you ever need. Anytime you need money, it'll print it up for you. Which would you take? Well, it's obvious, right? Because the process is more important. So once you know how to live as a thin person, like inside and out, 
you don't have to worry about how much weight you lost last month. We say like people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. And that's pretty much a diet or mindset in, in a nutshell. And so your strategies are all these just, you know, these short-term flailing attempts to try and lose weight. And it's completely asinine. I, I mean this too. I want you to take a step back and look at how you keep trying to lose weight because it's fucking stupid. It is, right? You start, because it's Monday, right? So you're getting ready now. We're gearing up for next Monday, right? And so, because we blew it this week, no way, right? Me meant to start Monday, but meh, candy cravings. And so now we're on the next Monday. And think about it, right? You're probably depleted mentally, physically, emotionally, exhausted, tired, feel like shit. And what are you going to do? You're going to start Monday by cutting your calories 50, 60%. You're going to completely change how you eat. Maybe you're going to add the gym on top of it. <laughs> it's like, huh? Do you know what I mean? That's like, I always use this, man, if I want to play the piano, I'm like, oh, I want to learn to play the piano. So I'm going to start Monday, eight hours a day I'm going to play. Okay, maybe the first day and the second day you're gonna, your fingers are going to be like that. You ain't practicing shit. <laughs> and that's what you're doing to yourself diet-wise. 39% of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. And 95% ultimately fail on a diet. So, I mean, you know this. And this is what you experience. And you just keep doing it, though. You just keep doing it. I can only I'll give you the benefit of the doubt is because you don't know there's another approach. Again, most people can't separate weight loss from dieting. That's why I do what I do. That's why I literally get on lives for free. Just say this shit every day is why I make all these videos is to let you know. It's why I make a podcast every day because to me, this is life and death. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So weight loss for me, I don't give a shit if you go to the beach and wear a bikini or bathing suit. I, I don't, I, I want you to do that's fun, you know, for sure. But I'm, I'm way more interested in you living as long as you possibly can of having the most enjoyable, highest quality life that you can possibly have. You can be the happiest person you can possibly be. That's what I'm focused on. And when you make that the focus, you tap into a lot more motivation than just, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I'm telling you it's a trap, you know? But some people believe me, some people don't. <laughs> what do you think about starting every meal with low-calorie vegetables, broccoli, and cauliflower? I, I think that's brilliant. I think that's a great strategy, you know? Super. The more vegetables and natural food you get in your body, it's absolutely transformative. You know, I've, I haven't eaten my salads this week and I can feel it. I, I can feel I, I get hungry random times. Like I'm hungrier. I'm craving unhealthier shit. I don't have that foundation that I typically have. And I can feel it. I can feel it in a lot of different ways. So I think the more I think everyone should be a plant based. Everyone should have a plant based diet that they follow. You can eat meat. You can eat whatever else you want. But I think the core of what you consume regularly should be plant based whole foods. And I don't know anyone would fucking argue with that. I don't even the carnivore people. I don't know. What are you doing? You know, it's just like that's what we've eaten for millions of years. You know, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans. That should be a primary part of your diet. And forever. Fuck the weight loss. Even if you don't lose a pound, that's what you should be eating. That's what your body wants. Most people have micronutrient deficiencies because they're subsisting on processed food. And you wonder why you're hungry all the time. I mean, you're eating food that's literally engineered to make you hungry. You know, and it's not satisfying you, and, and you wonder why you can't stop eating, you know? So instead of focusing on weight loss, focus on that your goal and act, react accordingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but, and it's also, it's giving your weight more meaning. I, you wouldn't believe this. You won't believe me because you wouldn't, you just wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed this. I've done over 5,000 prior weight loss sessions. So I, I have learned, I know how people think. And the very first thing we always have to start with is what's your goal weight, right? What's your goal weight? What's your goal weight? Think about it now. I'll show you what I mean. <laughs> Think about your goal weight, right? So I ask people, the people invest in my program, right? A lot of money. It's, they're, they're, they're committed. They're ready. They're smart people. Everyone in my program is an intelligent person. And so what's your goal weight? 
and then they'll tell me the number, right? And I say, okay, why'd you pick that number? Mm, mm, um, uh, that, that's what I weighed when I was 20. Okay, that's it? Is that the only reason? Um, I don't know, I just think that's, that should be the weight I should weigh. Why? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why do you want to weigh your goal weight, right? Write it in, I, I, you know what I mean? Like a why, it, it, there's, the why is almost always missing. You know, which is to say that a lot of people are just looking at this number on a scale, the size of a close, and they just keep saying this number, but it has no meaning to them. It doesn't mean anything. The motivation comes from the meaning. I want to be at my goal weight because I want to live past 54 <laughs> to 154. I want to spend every second of my life that I can on this planet so I can be here with my family, so I can keep growing and evolving, so I can just squeeze every second out of life that I can. That's way more meaningful than, um, so I can wear a bathing suit to the beach? Do you know what I mean? Like, you got to understand, like, like the, the motivation comes from the meaning, and there's a very good chance that your goal weight doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to you, you know? So it's got to be a process. Like, I'm going to go a step further. The most successful people I see are the ones that make the weight loss secondary. And what I mean by that is that the primary goal is, who do I want to be? You've got one shot at living your life. Who do you want to be? You've got to wrap your weight loss in personal development. You need to make this a process of being the best version you possibly can be. So you can have the best relationships. Um, maybe if you run a business, you can run the business the best. you got a family, you can be the best family member you can possibly be. I don't know what's important to you, but whatever is important to you in your life, the weight is fucking that all up. Not because you look like you look, because you feel like shit. And you do feel like shit. If you're watching this, if you don't like the weight you're at, you feel like shit. You don't realize it. You've normalized to it, but you do. You feel you're tired. Your body feels sore. You don't feel good about yourself. You feel embarrassed. You're frustrated with yourself. You're angry at yourself. You feel discouraged. You feel like a failure. All of those things are just going on day in and day out. I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but I mean, let's be honest. Again, I, I know what you're thinking more than you do. And so you know this is coming from a place of love. I want you to know that. Um, but you need to recognize the real pain of what you're experiencing because it's always being minimized of our society. There's a lot of money being made off you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy, you know? And so no one's coming out here and telling you this. Even the diet industry, the diet industry is the food industry. Be, be know that, okay? The Weight Watchers is owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig is owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Cinnabon and Onion's pretzels. Slim Fast, the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. They don't want you to lose weight. They want you to buy their stupid diets, restrict your calories crazy for a little bit so you eat more calories ultimately. It's called the what the hell effect, counter-regulatory effect, okay? When you restrict things real intense for a little while, you end up breaking out of it and overeating a lot more. Is that not true for you? <laughs> you know? So you got to make this about more than just losing weight. You got to make this about becoming the person you want to be. Now you tap into a lot more motivation and now you've got a chance of making this happen because guess what? Mastering your weight is fucking hard. You, you, you know that, right? Stop chasing the shortcuts, man. This is your life we're talking about. You know what I mean? It's like you keep chasing the shortcuts. What, what, you read an article about keto and now you're just going to try keto? You think that's what's going to make you thin? You think that's it? You think you just didn't know you had to stop eating sugar and carbs? You think that's the only thing that's keeping you from losing weight? You know? It's not. It's not. You've known what you should and shouldn't eat long enough. The problem is you can't get yourself to consistently do it. You know? And so... That's the missing piece. I mean, there's other missing pieces too. The lifestyle piece is enormous, you know? But ultimately, you know, this is about becoming the person you want to be. And you need to have that motivation, I believe, you know? 
um, to make this more important. Because you don't even have any biological, there's no part of you biologically, you have no biological mechanism that motivates you to want to lose weight. It's the exact opposite. Every part of your biology wants you to gain weight. That's why not eating the bullshit is so hard. Because as soon as you eat a cookie, your brain floods with dopamine, right? You eat a carrot, not, not much dopamine, right? Eating a cookie is a different experience than eating a carrot. Why is that? Because a cookie's got a lot more calories in it. And so your body loves calories because it thinks it's, we might not eat again. So let's eat as much calories as we can because we've evolved in a food-scarce environment, you know? So you've, you've got to reframe this process. The diet's got your mind, you know, like a big bowl of pudding. You can't even think straight. Um, started doing high-protein, low-sugar, and weight loss hypnosis down 27 pounds since January. Super job. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and I would suggest add, add fiber to that, okay, as well. Fiber is the, the number one missing ingredient. People found protein like that was the miracle. Um, yeah, and protein is, is satiating for sure. Um, but fiber is even more satiating, and it's low, lower calorie typically. Um, I'm very frustrated I gave up diet soda because everyone told me. Hold on. I'm very frustrated I gave up diet soda because everyone told me I dropped the weight not working. Yeah, no, nah, the, the diet soda, just giving up diet soda is not going to make you drop the weight. Um, there's no calories in it, but... Again, again, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Please listen to this. You, you're the diet. You're you have a dieter mindset. Okay, let's just start there. It's not your fault. We've all been conditioned to have a dieter mindset, right? That that's the default setting we have in our culture. And so the dieter mindset. One part of that is that it's the tactic, right? Always a one tactic. You know, I'll stop eating diet soda. I'll lose the weight. No, you won't. I'll stop eating carbs. I'll lose the weight. You know, you may while you do that, but you won't be able to keep it up. I'll just lower my sugar and then I'll lose the weight. Yeah, for a little bit, you know what I mean? But, but you have to make, you, you've got to make fundamental changes in how you think about, so, okay, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So first off, let's understand your mind. You've got a conscious mind and a subconscious mind, okay? The conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part that knows you want to lose weight, knows why you should lose weight, knows what you should do to lose weight, and tries to get you to do it, okay? The subconscious part of your mind is the part of you that controls all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and is controlling your eating habits, and so every time you go on a diet, you're trying to consciously fight against your subconscious mind. You're trying to consciously control your subconscious programs of eating, you know, high carb foods, sugar, all the bullshit, right? And so that's what your diet is going to do. You're going to try and just stop something, okay? What we're looking to do is to reprogram the subconscious mind so it does things automatically that keep you at your goal weight. And we focus on mindset, lifestyle, eating. So when we talk about mindset, we're talking about knowing how to motivate yourself, your self-image, how you think about yourself, your identity. Right now, you have the self-image of an overweight person. Your self-image is like the thermostat of your weight. It's, it's like, you know, the weight set point? That's your self-image. It's how you think about yourself. You don't like being overweight, but you're familiar and comfortable with it. And so changing it feels weird. So there's motivation, self-image. There's habits. Do you know the neuroscience of habits and how to change them strategically? No, you just use willpower to try and change. Um, do you know how to deal with your emotions? Because we've been conditioned to use food as the main emotional management technique, strategy that we have. Okay, so you need to learn how to naturally deal, feel the emotions you want to feel and deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel without food, how to think like a thin person and maintenance, how to maintain yourself. That's the mindset piece. Lifestyle piece, okay, is how to get the proper sleep, hydration, breathing, relaxation, nutrition, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Okay, you add those in, they change you on a cellular level into a different version of yourself, the best version of yourself. And then there's the eating strategies where you're customizing an eating plan around you, your genetics, your preferences, your lifestyle, your likes, your dislikes, all of those things, and strategically making it so that you can eat in a way that feels good for you, that's satisfying and enjoyable to you, that keeps you at your goal weight. 
So you heard everything I said. So, so nowhere in that world are you just going to stop drinking soda and lose a bunch of weight. My goal is my knees not to hurt, and it's... I'm not sure what the second part is. But, yeah, that's a great goal. I want my knees not to hurt. Super. Yeah. I, I Again, I would think, like, where do you want to be when you're 70, when you're 80, when you're 90, you know? Um, you have to change that. You you Because most likely your, your subconscious concept of getting older is older and decrepit. So you need to intentionally go on YouTube and, and look up older senior citizens that are active and healthy. That, that's a real mindset shift, you know? That's hypnosis, by the way. Hypnosis is not going into a trance. It's the process of influencing your subconscious mind. And so going to YouTube and watching a bunch of videos on really active and healthy senior citizens is really impactful because it puts a different concept in your mind that you probably don't have right now, you know? But that's great. Yeah, I want my knees not to hurt so I can walk and be mobile and independent. Great motivation. That's a great motivator. Way stronger than just wanting to lose weight. Do you see? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Good job. What do you think about things like apple cider vinegar to curb appetite? Does it work? No, I don't believe any of that shit. You know, I, I really don't. They're, again, it's tactics and gimmicks. You know, you know what I believe in in managing appetite, and I think that's important. I think managing your hunger is crucial, obviously, to, to mastering weight. But I say that because a lot of people subconsciously associate the hungrier they are, they try and starve themselves, and they feel like the hungrier they are, the better it is for their weight loss. Okay, and here I am. I've been the same way for thirty years, and. I'm never hungry because I manage my hunger very strategically, you know? So yeah, apple cider vinegar is not going to curb shit if you're out there eating, you know, trash food. So what curbs your appetite is fiber, fiber, micronutrients. That Those are the big ones. We all know protein already, so obviously protein helps too. Um, but but yeah, fiber, fiber and micronutrients are the two things that you're probably not getting enough of if you're like an average American. Where do you get fiber from? Fruits, vegetables, greens, and beans, okay? And what happens when you eat fiber? Because this is the big this is the big conspiracy in my mind, right? Because fiber doesn't process well. And so when you look at a processed food, you're pro you're gonna see a, not much fiber in it, okay? And why is that a problem? Fiber is important for three key reasons. In a fruit, vegetable, greens, beans, the fiber, the calories are binded to the fiber. So the first thing is when you eat fiberful foods, the calories are released slower. So it's a slower release of glucose. It's slow and steady. Okay. The second thing is because the calories are binding to the fiber, some of those calories are never even absorbed. You know, they just pass through you without ever being absorbed. And the third thing, and this is the big one, is that the fiber is not absorbed in your body. It stays in your intestinal tract. And so it activates the ileal break and the colon break so that you feel full. Right now you're eating powders all day long and they're just vanishing in your body. And your intestines are empty and you feel hungry all the time. Okay. So the more fiber you eat, the more full you'll feel. And, and that's better than apple cider vinegar, you know. But, but again, can it help? Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't, I'm not going to say it hurts, but again, you always want to think, be thinking more holistically. So focus more on the healthy eating plan and less on the apple cider. But hey, if the apple cider vinegar works for you, you use it too, okay? Uh, my golden rule is there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. So don't give a shit what I say. Um, but I would focus more on the healthy eating plan is going to be the bigger thing. Uh, Brioski, what's up? How's it going? Um, yeah, I want to be confident. Great. Yeah, being confident is a much better motivator, you know? But you want to expand on that even more, you know what I mean? Um, and, and make it bigger than even that, you know? Again, I'll, I'll suggest, like, when you choose your goal weight, your goal weight should be the weight that makes you the healthiest, the happiest, and um, gives you the best quality of life. Now, let me just say this real quick because people always miss this. A lot of times people pick a goal weight as if that weight lives in a vacuum, okay? You have to understand that your goal weight is a reflection of how you habitually eat and live. So when you're picking your goal weight, you better take into account how you're willing to live and eat.
because a lot of people are picking a weight way down here and they have no intention of ever living that way. And they spend their whole lives picking a goal weight that they don't want to live that way. Right? If you pick a goal weight where it's like you got to drink water and eat carrots to, to achieve it, that's a shitty quality of life and you're not going to do it. But if you keep, oh God, oh God, that's the weight. That's what I weighed when I was 18. You think I'm crazy. I had a woman in my program. She's a very intelligent, very successful woman. And she gets on, she tells me her goal weight. And I said, okay. I said, when's the last time you've been at that weight? And she goes, when I was in seventh grade. I said, how old were you? I was 12 years old. This is what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, like you might just be like out of habit just saying the same fucking number for 30 years and it means nothing to you. I mean, oh, I want to wait when I was seventh grade. And when I said, when she said this out loud, you could see the wheels say like, what, what am I saying? You know? And she knew, she knew to live that weight was going to be miserable. Why would you pick a weight like that? You know, it's like you want the weights to be the best quality of life. You want the best return on investment. You know, 10 years ago, I put like 20, 25 pounds on because it was a stressful time of life. A new baby, we moved into a new house, redoing the whole thing, all the rest of it. So I, I dropped a lot of the weight, but I raised my goal weight. I realized like, okay, this is a stressful time of life. I'm going to raise my goal weight because I don't have the, I don't have the motivation or the intention to want to live at that weight I've been living at. It's a different time. And so I raised my goal weight. Imagine that because it's based around the quality of my life, you know, and a lot of people aren't doing that. They're just picking some number. I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> I can't put it any other way. So this is I want to be 170 because I feel great at that weight. I'm 60 and 5'7". Super, super shell. That's great. You got more meaning to it, but you got to give it more meaning than that. You know, more meaning than that. Who are you at 170? Who are you when you're 170 for five years? You know, you have more energy. You have more freedom. You're free of all the bullshit, of all the things about the food all the time. Well, how does your life improve? How do your relationships improve? How does your work improve? Whatever you do that day in and day out that's important to you, how does that get better when you're at 170 pounds? You've got to put yourself into that reality mentally, emotionally, physically, and then imagine your life in that body as that version of you, not just at that weight, as that version of you. This is important because, again, you're, the diets, you don't do this with the diets because you don't want to think about how you feel the diet because you're fucking miserable on a diet. So you're like, I, I can't even imagine I'm struggling to get through a week. I can't imagine living this my, my whole life. No way. Now, you want to get to the goal weight, but you don't want to live that way. You don't want to do those things. You're, you're trapped. You know what I mean? Like you're you're in a literal trap with a diet mindset. So again, in my program, the first thing we're starting is what, what goal do you want to get to and how can you live at that weight for the rest of your life? And what's that going to mean to you? What's it going to mean to you to live at 170 pounds being that version of you? Let's give it some meaning. And you give it meaning by connecting it to the things in your life. You know what I mean? Like at, at 60, maybe you're... Maybe you're about to be a grandma. Maybe you are a grandma. Maybe you're, you're planning on being one. Maybe you're getting soon to retire and you're going to travel around. I don't know. People have different things that they're doing. But whatever it is you want to do in life, you want to imagine those things as the best version of you. And one part of being the best version of you is being at that weight. But there's a whole lot more than just at that weight, right? So it's like, why do I want to weigh the weight I, I am at? I want to be first off and foremost. Now, again, I, I want to live a long time. We, we got that. But what, why is that important? What's my day-to-day -day reality? I want to be the best dad I can possibly be. You know, so I want to be. Able, I want to go out and play basketball with my kid. You know what I mean? And someday I want to play basketball with my grandkids. I want to be able to move. I want to be able to hike. I want to be able to go ride bikes. I want to be active. I want to do fun things with these people. I want to go skiing, snowboard. I want to do this stuff, right? Um, I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be in good shape. I want to be there for. I want to be have fun times and do exciting, fun things and feel alive and be emotionally feel good about myself. 
right? And I want to run my business. I love running my business. I love it. And I want to keep developing myself. I love playing guitar. There's a million things I want to do. And I want to have the, the energy mentally, emotionally, physically to do them at the highest level. Because I got one shot. I got one life, right? I don't know. Maybe you got more. I don't know. I got one. And I want to make the best out of it. So do you hear the motivation that I'm talking about? It's not, oh, oh, oh wait. Because you know what? Like the, the weight, weight is like money. It's a means to an end. Just because you're at a certain weight doesn't mean you're happy. You've got to know this by now because I know you've lost weight at some point and then you fucking put it back on. So if it was so great at that weight, why'd you put it back on? Because it was fucking miserable to do it. It's like, you know, I would say like, oh, you have a lot of money, you're going to be happy. Well, what if you make your money by robbing senior citizens? <laughs> well, yeah, you got money, but you feel like shit about yourself. You can't tell it. You know what I mean? So it's like the, the way we achieve some stuff, the process is the key part. That's the part you're living day in and day out. You know what I mean? We're not just living the outcome. And people get to their goal weight and they're doing it in a miserable way. And what do they do? They put the weight back on. You know? So anyways, um, you need to make it more important. Because that's what I felt my best. Maybe being 22 hell too. Brioski <laughs> yeah, said, yeah, okay. But that's what I mean. Like you, most, most people, don't, don't let this bum you out. But a lot of times people, they have to kind of raise their goal weight a little bit. Because the goal weight you're choosing is, I'm not saying it's low and you can't do it. I'm saying you don't want to do the things you need to do to, to make that weight happen. And you should be honest with yourself about that because instead you're see like here's let me go into this don't get upset about this but you you mostly if you've been struggling to lose weight it's because you don't want to lose weight 99 percent of the time and i doubt you're the one percent that that person who got the surgery and didn't lose weight they might be that one percent okay but it's probably not you you know it's it's the truth is you don't want to lose weight you wish you'd lose weight you wish you'd wake up tomorrow and just start eating right and losing weight you wish that 10 out of 10 i, I know that but the want how much you actually want to do it is like a two out of 10. You know, you're not that committed. You know what I mean? You start the diet. Well, let's see what happens. Well, I'm going to try and stop eating sugar this week. Let's see. Well, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to lose any weight. You know what I mean? It's going to be really hard. You're probably not going to make it through a day. I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but I mean, is this not your experience? I mean, someone's got to be honest here. You know what I mean? Because everyone's making their money off of selling you bullshit. I'm not. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Join my program. Don't join. I don't care. I just do this stuff for free. You know, believe me, don't believe me. I don't care. I know what I know and I know what I see. And what my program is, it's a steady stream of people that are very smart, very intelligent, successful, usually like in their professional careers. And they come in the program because they've tried all the diets and they haven't worked. And why haven't they worked? Because the diets don't work. Who do you know that successfully lost weight for a long time on a diet? Who? Do you know what I mean? Everyone loses weight short term sometimes, but who keeps it off? You know? Yeah, but I say you gave me so much motivation right now. Super. That's the point. You're not even think about this, right? So as long as you've all wanted to lose weight for, you you don't know anything more about how to lose weight now than you did before you started your first diet 40 years ago. You don't know how to motivate yourself. You don't even know how to motivate yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. You know? You think you even want to lose weight and you don't. That that and that I wanted to finish that thought. That's an important point because you keep beating yourself up like, oh, I want I, I want to lose weight more than anything in the world and I'm not doing it. And you keep telling yourself you really want to do it. And it's not happening. And I'm here telling you right now to your face that you're not losing weight because you don't really want to. You're not committed to it. And you don't really want to do the work that makes you lose the weight. You wish you'd lose weight, right? You're fantasizing about it all the time. You think about it all the time. But just because you think about it all the time does not mean you want to do it. And, and again, so, so I always say the very first thing you've got to do is you've got to, first thing you've got to do along your weight loss journey here is get motivated. And you're most likely not. Let me give you an example because I know you're like, Jimmy, fuck, that's not true. Okay, I want you, how motivated are you now then? Don't, won't listen to me. It's not a two, it's not a three. You're, you're, you're a 10, whatever. What, how motivated do you think you are to lose weight? Give it out of, out of 10, zero to 10. Pick a number. Okay. 
Now, let me ask you this, right? Let's imagine a scenario, and it's just a thought experiment. It's not real, so just, just relax. But let's imagine the person in your life that you love the most, that you care the most about in your entire life, was kidnapped. And the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this month, you're never going to see this person again. And I'm going to put all your favorite foods all around your house, and you can't move them. Should that person be nervous? Or is your motivation so high that it doesn't matter? You're going to lose that weight 100%. So now that you know what like a 10 out of 10 feels like, it's just a thought experiment to see that. Where were you in your motivation? Where are you in your motivation? Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's the key part is that you're not motivated enough. So stop judging yourself as if you're a 10 out of 10 motivation and not getting results. You're a two out of 10 motivation, not getting results. And that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think of Slimming World? I don't know what Slimming World is. Um, do you eat any carbs? Yeah, I eat carbs. I, I Again, carbs. Let's be specific. We're talking about re refined carbs. Okay, so I mean, you know, listen, when you're on a weight loss plan where part of the strategy is that you don't eat fruits and vegetables, you should really take a step back and reflect. Okay, um, but yeah, refined carbs, again, I agree with this. So I don't even, I don't really eat much refined carbs during the week. Um, I save them for the weekend, you know, and that's intentional because, yeah, again, flour and sugar, you know, they're, they're probably your two biggest enemies in terms of weight loss, you know, no doubt about it. So yeah, I, I do eat carbs on the weekends, but I, I definitely limit them during the week. I quit drinking wine and the sugar cravings were horrible. Yeah, sure, sure. That makes sense. What do you think about What do you think about the idea that when you think you're hungry, you're actually thirsty? Yeah, I think that's true a lot of times because I think there's there's two big hunger signals that we're misinterpreting. You know, the first one is well, I'm going to say it's water because you know, they estimate 70% of the population's um, at least mildly dehydrated. I don't know, maybe 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 not. But what, what, why, why is thirst misinterpreted as hunger? Because in the natural world, a lot of the foods we were eating had higher water contents in them, right? So if you start eating more vegetables and fruits, you're getting in greens, you're getting more water content in there, you know? So in the natural world, we ate a lot more of our hydration, you know? So that, that's one of the reasons. But the second thing that, that's triggering a lot of hunger is that you, if you're eating a high processed food diet, you probably have micro, micronutrient deficiencies. You know, and if you're not getting your micronutrient needs met, guess what your body does? It sends you a signal to eat more food because it assumes you're going to eat natural foods that are going to fulfill those micronutrient needs. Okay, so again, when you drink more water, which again is really number two in my opinion of what's important in lifestyle-wise to, to master your weight, um, drink the right water and get your micronutrient needs met. You'll probably see your uh, you'll you'll see your hunger go down. Yeah. Um, how do you stop from sabotaging yourself? I find myself eating more when I try to diet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, Viktor Frankl called that paradoxical intention when we mean to do something and then we do the opposite. And so um, it was, uh, yeah, the, the diets, I, I, I'm not going to go into too much right now, because but the diets are not really there to help you lose weight. They're, they're there to restrict your calories artificially because you end up eating more calories ultimately. But let me tell you this about a diet, right? So why do you sabotage yourself? Why do you find yourself eating more when you try to diet? Well, let's think about it from a hypnotist's point of view. So your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives, right? So if I tell you to not think about something, okay? Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana, right? What are you thinking about? You think about a banana, right? Because you have to make sense of that statement, right? As soon as I say, don't think about a banana, you're saying banana, your visual cortex lights up with the image of a banana. So you have to think about a banana, then you have to do some weird gymnastics to not think about it. Okay, so you go on a diet, what's the diet? 
don't eat ice cream, don't eat cookies, I can't eat sugar, I can't eat carbs, I can't eat that, I can't eat that. And what are you doing? You're literally focusing on the thing you want to stop eating. You know, then we go a step further, your subconscious mind responds to vivid imagination. So you're constantly telling, I can't eat ice cream. Oh, I can't eat Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. I can't eat that. And as you're thinking about it, you're starting to salivate. You're starting to get hungry, you know? And so um, this is why you like movies and shows. Your imagination, you know, you're watching sports. You're not, you're sitting there, you know, you're, you're sitting on the sofa, but you're releasing adrenaline in your body because your, your imagination is literally causing you to respond physically. So when you go on a diet, you know, again, you're, you're trying not to eat those foods, but subconsciously you're fixating on the exact foods you want to eat less of, you know, and it's causing enhanced cravings. So that's a big reason why. Um, I take HRT and never lose weight whilst I take estrogen for 14 days. How do I combat this? Um, I couldn't answer that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, that's out of my scope. How do you stop self-sabotage? I feel panicked and end up eating more. Yeah, again, you know, that, that's what I, I started this whole call off with, um, you know, stress less, weigh less, because a... It has to be. I don't know how. I don't know how you could change your weight long term, if uh, if you just try and eat less. You know, because it's your stress levels that are triggering a lot of the overeating and your inability to choose the right food. So I think that uh, I think you're right. You just put it in the wrong direction. You know, how do I stop self sabotage? I feel panicked and end up eating more. You should have taken the I feel panicked and put that in the front part. You should have said, I feel panicked and I sabotage myself and end up eating more, you know? So it's the panicked feeling that you want to work on and you work on that by relaxing. Again, that's why in my program, you know, one part of it is the hypnosis session. So my program is an eight-week program, right? And so in the morning, you get a five-minute hypnosis session. You start your day every, every day within 30 minutes and I deliver my program right through your phone. So it's, um, I'm going to have to Um, deliver it through the phone and so you wake up in the morning a little message for me you, you push it and you listen to your hypnosis session it's five minutes and you relax okay so there's a bunch of benefits to hypnosis it's not just the subconscious influencing which is the most powerful part but right second to that is your you're practicing relaxation every hypnosis session you listen to of mine you're relaxing and calming down and so you're dealing with that exact feeling you're talking about and then at night there's a session um, the 10 minute session that you listen to. And so you're really bookending your day with relaxation and you'll realize very quickly that you haven't relaxed in a long time. You don't know how to relax. And so that's where that feeling of panic comes from. Hey, Susan. Hello, Jim. I am a little under the weather. Missed the calls. Yeah. Okay, Susan, I get that. Um, we're still here for you. And you can still watch the replays too. You know that, right? Brioski says so much work. Is there just a manual? <laughs> um, I have a manual with a workbook, but, um, I'm a little in the weather. Yeah, so so go check out those. Watch the replays anyways. Where to start? Yeah, okay, where to start? I just, let me talk to that real quick. Um, where to start is where you're at, okay? Because, again, the diets, it's like you're just hopping into doing everything perfectly on day one. Instead, just start where you're at now and change one thing. You know, if you could just – a little bit of patience goes a long way in this process. It changes everything, you know? Um, it's so true. You could lose a ton of weight and still be unhappy. Yeah, exactly. you got to remember that. It's how you do it. I need to pull away from the all or nothing thinking when it comes to dieting. I'm sick of my own BS. Yeah, that, there you go. <laughs> Great. Similar to quitting cigs. I'm 51 days smoke-free and wish I could have them, but smoking um, me was wishing I was where I am right now. Hey, that's a great way to look at it. Congratulations. By the way, if you scroll through my videos, I got some non-smoking um, hypnosis sessions. They're, they're, I did them a while ago, but if you scroll down, you'll see them. And those might be helpful. Just kind of supporting you where you're at. But hey, great job. The 51 days, that's, that's a big deal. Big deal, right? 
Um, so congratulations with that. So all right, everyone, um, I get out of here. I appreciate you all. Uh, I really do, you know, and I appreciate you writing stuff. Understand I'm here for you. I, I get a little worked up sometimes, but don't take any of the stuff I'm saying uh, as, as an attack. You know, say it's, it's my, my chance to hopefully move you in a direction to really start getting the results that you want to get. There's nothing that bums me out more than when people think about weight loss all, all the time and, and start the diets and try different stuff and never end up getting anywhere with it. You know, that bums me out because, again, it is life or death, you know, and at some point in your life, you know, you, you get to the, towards the end of it, you get a little older, you're going to wish, you're going to wish that you dedicated more time to this. It's the most important thing in your life. The most important thing in your life is your health, right? Never mind just the weight. It, it's your health, and your weight's a big marker of your health usually, Okay. So, um, yeah, get, dedicate to it, you know, make it, make it a priority for you. And, um, if you want to take that further, you know, again, I'm here for you in, in a more coaching capacity as well as, as doing all the free stuff. Um, and if you want to go down that path, go, and even if you don't go to my bio and click that link and get that hypnosis session. Okay. Listen to that. See what it's like to approach weight loss from a different angle. You know, one that's not like this willpower-based one, but one that's based in relaxing, calm, and being able to make better choices naturally from that perspective, okay? So when you relax yourself and calm down and you get positive suggestions in that train you to think differently, you start to act differently, okay? And you can try it out for free. You know what I mean? Go get that session. It's a good session. It's really built to motivate you. So go listen to that and then watch the training. It's a half hour. <laughs> Jesus. It's a half hour. You know, you can change the way that you approach weight loss forever, you know, hopefully. And then, um, you know, again, if it feels like the right thing and you want to work with me, um, keep watching that. And I, and I give you a special offer on the program and you can see what it's all about. And if it sounds right, you join it. Okay. That's simple. And um, again, in my program, you work directly with me. You know, I think that's important. I, I really, we've had a bunch of people, new people start the last week. And again, it, it, they're very smart and intelligent. It's, it's not like your weight. Oh, let me just end on this. Your weight's not a reflection of how intelligent you are. I, I want you to understand that. You know, I mean, it's the same. I don't think I'm the most intelligent person, but I definitely think a lot in my head. Same brain that where I was 50 pounds overweight, binge drinking, miserable. It's the same brain I have now. And so just because you're getting the results you're getting, it's not because there's a problem with you. It's because you're running the wrong programs. You got the wrong information in your head. Okay. And when you change that, you change the results you're getting. Okay. So I just want you to know that because sometimes people tend to think that you know, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You have never learned how to master your weight. And once you start to open yourself up to the concept of mastering your weight, um, it's a complete different process. You know, dieting, it's like, can you do it? You know, again, it's like a sprint. Hey, some people can run sprints, some people can't, you know. But everyone, if they consistently move in the right direction, um, you can get the results you want, you know. And again, I, I kind of lay out a plan to make that happen. Um, Nah, Susan, thank you. Yeah, Susan, did you have to work with you? I can say you have the patience of a saint. I do. I, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, so I've dealt with all different phases of weight loss and people's situations. Again, I think that's the biggest. I always say this, that I think the most value I offer is when people are in the program, and listen, in eight weeks, you're going to hit some walls. You know what I mean? Something's going to happen. And when I'm there, I can help turn you around. And that's literally my favorite thing to do in the world is to help turn you around when you're feeling down because usually people don't have someone there to help them do that. And so you have this belief that, well, when I feel like shit, when I go down, um, you know, th that's it. I, I lost, oh, I, I did it for a little while, now I'm, now I'm back to here. And when you get down and then you're brought right back up, 
you create the belief, oh, I can change myself. Oh, and then you, I show you how you do it. You know, and so you have a, a strategy to change how you feel as well. Um, can you be hypnotized to be on time to things? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I say, you know, it's, um, yes. <laughs> but uh, what I do is a process called self-hypnotic programming. So it's more about hypnotizing yourself. Um, but absolutely, yeah, because being on time for things really just comes down to how you think about stuff. And I'm a perfect example of this because I was always late for stuff, and I'm way better, way, way, way better now. But it's not that I didn't know to be on time. I already knew that. It's all the subconscious thinking that led me to be late. You know what I mean? So, again, we, we tend to just kind of pick the story up at the surface surface level. Um, but really what's going, what's dictating all of our results and what's going on in our lives is happening subconsciously. And so as you start to pay attention to that level, you start to gain a lot more influence and control over your behaviors, how you feel, all the rest of it. All right. So, yeah, absolutely. You can be hypnotized to be on time to things. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. Have a great day and we will talk soon. Bye.